Hello and welcome to the unofficial, unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me, as always, to discuss the latest news and events in women's cycling is my good friend, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I am good. Oh, oh classics is nearly over, Dan. Nearly so, over. I know, which will make me very, very sad. I just wanted to ask you one quick question before we got into the racing. Um, uh-huh. Because it's technically springtime over there. Have, uh-huh. has, has it been sunny for you like this last week or anything? Yes, it's been beautiful. Yeah, Why, give me back it, my it... fucking weather. <laughs> well, you know, I'm really impressed that you have A, electricity, B, a house, C, you're dry, right? <laughs> Actually, oh, God. Um, so we've had very, very severe storms in Sydney this last week. And when I say severe, um, like, for example, yesterday we had a hailstorm where, like, we don't have snow because snow just isn't hardcore enough for us. We have hailstorms <laughs> where, I shit you not, cars were half buried in hail. Imagine a car with hail all the way up past its, the edge of the door. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, just nuts. And we've had, like, well, basically, if the wind gusts had lasted more than a minute at a time, we technically would have been in a Category 1 cyclone or hurricane if you're wow. an American. Um, I was in the pub yesterday just quietly having a, a Saturday beverage um, and the roof collapsed. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dan, I'm sorry, but what kind of idiot goes out in a cyclone to go to the pub? A thirsty An one. An Australian. <laughs> thirsty one. Oh. To be fair, I waited for the eye of the storm. So, you know, then I crossed the street. It was fine. <laughs> So, Dan, if, if he sounds a little bit shaky, it's because he's not been sleeping because of rain coming in through his bedroom roof. And Did it land on you? Did raindrops keep falling on your head? Uh, no, on my foot. But, um, you know, that's all right. Yeah, no, it was it, – it's been an interesting – it's been an interesting week. Um, but you're alive. I am alive, but I've, I've, here. Been, I've been somewhat diminished in my ability to, to um, follow all of the activity of – of cycling during the week. So I think we're gonna have to help each other out a bit on this one is what I'm saying. I think we can, we can do this. We can do this. So when we last left you, dear listener, we were just coming up to the fourth um, of the, of the, of the road world cups and the final one in the spring classic season, you know, I divide the season very, very randomly into the spring classics, the kind of summer international races, and then the pre world build up. And so this was the end of the spring classics and it was flesh will on. Flesh will on the climb where if you if you don't like the smell of sausages, you're doomed basically and can never win. Well, also the climb where if you're an international uh, fan of the sport and naively think because there are fixed position video cameras there waiting for the men that you'll be allowed to see the last 200 metres of the women's race live. I thought they showed it this year. I thought they showed it yeah, this well, year. Yeah, well, thanks for fucking giving it away. Sport. Like, yeah, you, oh. dared, you dared the race. Thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> Jeez. No, I really No, just because they did it this year, just because they finally listened to our podcast and listened to me murderously <laughs> swearing vengeance upon them for not using picture-in-picture technology, which has existed since the 1960s, and, and someone actually, you know, took my threat seriously, which is, you know, fine. They, um, they did actually do it this year, which is pretty amazing. 
So. I'm really happy. I am actually genuinely happy about this because I think that part of this is coming from pressure from the broadcasters because it doesn't sound like much, but during Flanders, Carlton Kirby was talking live on air about the women's race and he was actually apologising to people that we can't show it, we're not the host broadcasters. And he talked about it, you know, they, they didn't do it as much as they could do, but they did, but, you know, relative to what they have been doing, they did loads. Because apparently, I think it was um, the, the, the Australian, was it you saying in Australia, or someone else told me to me that the Australian going, nah, we don't know what's going on in the women's, sorry. And people are like going, yeah, Twitter's a thing. <laughs> well, not just that. Um, you know, uh, certain people, uh, perhaps myself, perhaps not, um, the, the record has been destroyed. So it's hard to say for sure who actually hit those very same people up on Twitter and said, you fuckwits, <laughs> you're, you're on Twitter. You're following the people. And I can see you responding on Twitter. Don't tell me you don't know. <laughs> anyway, flesh one on. It's an interesting race. It's it's two circuits. It, they change it every year. And I've been there. I was very lucky to be taken there by High Tech Products two years ago. And I went in their team car. And I, so I saw the course. It's not exactly the same course. But there's pretty much no flat part of flesh one on. Yeah, well, for those who follow um, the men's classic season, you'll you'll know that there's that split between the cobbled classics and the Ardennes classics, the hilly classics, um, where you basically run ride through a series of, of rolling hills um, of varying degrees of murderousness. Um, <laughs> That's and, why they call the end climb the murder we. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly, it's where we are murdered. Um, so it's that's that's how it got its name. Um, and, and not only that, you have to ride it twice. So if you're not murdered the first time, you're murdered the second time for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it winds up basically with two big circuits of 60-something kilometres each, roughly. Um, there's a slight difference. The second lap this year was bigger than the first by about five or six k's. Um, and yeah, a whole bunch of hills. And, and the thing about the Ardennes is that the hills themselves, um, with the exception of the Moor, um, don't necessarily present as super hard, you know, like you, you see a 5% gradient here or whatever and you think, oh yeah, that's, yeah, great. But you race 127 kilometers or so over them at race speeds and see <laughs> see how fucking great that 5% feels the second time yeah, around, yeah. you know? And always with some fucker attacking up it as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like and, and also you have to fight, so you have to fight to get into position to be at the front, which, you know, when everyone's trying to fight to be to get mm. to position to get into front, isn't as simple as it sounds and then some fucker attacks up it <laughs> well and then and then on top of that you know some team will go oh we've got a couple of good options for this race so we'll take one of our domestiques and put them on the front and their job today will be to make everyone else hurt <laughs> <laughs> i love cycling don't you cycling's brilliant <laughs> cycling's the best thing ever it is it is a sport for sadists it really is it's yeah, yeah. Mm. Anyway, so, yeah, so the race, I mean, typical for a women's race shortly after the start, the attacks came, but it was interesting this year because while there were loads and loads of attacks, there wasn't much that was um, that was sticking. Um, I think the biggest break of the day uh, went to um, Lizzie Williams and... Um, Lauren Kamansky. Yeah, Lauren Kamansky. Kamansky was out solo. Yeah, she was out solo. Lizzie... Um, attacked and chased across to her and they were out together for a little while but they really only got to a gap of about 20 seconds and didn't make much more ground than that um no. and it all sort of but, came back together yeah but can i just say something about team usa um their ds at the moment is Ina yoko teutenberg teutenberg yeah mm. now Ina's 
Ina's obviously, it's, it's interesting having Ina DS races like this because, well, of course she was known as the queen of the sprinters, the, the absolute, the, the, you know, more wins than Cavendish, you know, queen of the sprinters. Mm. Very, very, very wonderful. It, it's interesting because she's a very good tactician and she always rode her heart out. She's always like, you know, road captain and rode her heart out for teammates and, yeah. you know, kind of knows all of these races. So every time, so every time the Team USA women are attacking, I've been a bit rude about Team USA attacking because in the past they haven't necessarily had DSs that really understand European racing. <laughs> and, and apart from the year they had Manella Camera, of course. But now, of course, they have Ina. Yes. And honestly, <laughs> honestly if, you, if you're going to pick someone to DS your, your team, um, you'll be hard-pressed to find someone who will, who will just out of the gate do it better. Yeah, and I think it's quite interesting because I'm not sure that Kamansky's ridden much um, European racing in the past. So there's also something nice about when you see DSs, because something I learned recently is about DSs who will deliberately take riders who aren't so confident in pack racing mm. and they'll put them on the front just to kind of give them a bit of a break, you know, to give them a break, right? Okay, you go out and, and, and do this. And it's also about showing them they believe in them. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a really, it's a really interesting thing. Now, Lauren, when I first saw Lauren Kamansky's name, I thought, when she said Lauren Rock Kamansky, I thought she was like making a rock joke, but that really is her name. I'm sorry, Lauren, you're <laughs> wonderful. I met her; she's super friendly, super nice. And in Energy Walk Tour, there was that there was that stage where it was Lauren and Lauren and Lauren and Lauren attacking continually. Oh no, she has ridden. She's ridden the Bowls Classics, and she's ridden the Lotte Bellasol Tour, and she's she's she rode Energy Walk Tour twice. But this is mm. basically. Oh, she read one. Yeah, she's 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 raced flesh twice, so you know, I'm. It's not like she's yeah. a newbie, but yeah, and it's just nice to see. It's nice to see it, you know, and it's nice to well, see riders attacking and yeah. nice, nice to see a good mix of things, you know, and similar for for Lizzie Williams to to have a bit of a, a stab and get out there for a while, and and that and it, it helps keep the the race motivated and interesting. Um, yeah. Also, in the first lap, you know, we had a few, um, you know, crashes and things that got in the way. Um, Pauline Fran Prevost had a flat tyre that she had to drop off the back and get get replaced. Um, interestingly, oh. Mara Abbott crashed um, on that first lap. Um, not too badly, and to the best of my knowledge, she doesn't have any serious injuries, but, um, you know, it's it's just an interesting thing of note. Um, keeping yeah, in mind that her, her big goals for the season are yet to come, so... I find it strange, um, Mara Abbott. I just, I just find it weird. Um, I don't know. I can't really work out what her role is in the team. You know, I don't think she was there as the primary rider. But um, yeah, I just find. No, it, I can, I, I can only assume that she was there just to get some race miles into the legs, particularly with the the climbs. Um, you know, I, I mean, that is a, a wild assumption, but that's yeah. That's kind I mean, of she's been quite. She's been quite public about not liking racing in Europe before, yeah. you know. So it's so it's interesting seeing her, seeing her over here, and yeah, and racing for. I mean, I just still can't. Well, I mean, I I was so wrong about Wiggle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you, you just can't discount that really. So you know, you have to hope that that the Wiggle staff and management have a, a clear idea in place and know what they're doing and. Well. Yeah. Akon van Kessel is van Kessel is such an amazing DS, such an amazing director sportif. He's he's so so he's one of the you know he's one of the, he's one of the he's one of the greats. And so I'm really so yeah, I kind of feel like if he if anyone knows how to make a team work. And then the other thing is is you've got within the team. I mean, riders like Elisa and Chloe and Lisa Longueborghini and Audrey Cordon and Chloe Hoskins and you know and all those riders who are such team players. You know, Jolene Dora has just 
bonded with that group so well like yeah. really, you know yeah. and, and Georgia Bronzini as road captain and 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 you know and, and domestic you know super domestic it's it's a really it's just it's interesting it's absolutely. interesting yeah no absolutely um so yeah uh, so there they are they're writing they've done the first they've done the first well lap they've done the before. first first lap in a bit um and sort of around the um the Cote de Boazar is that I, I have no idea. I pronounced that probably incredibly wrong. Um, the peloton split to the brake was caught, and the peloton had split to a lead group of around twenty-five riders. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, probably just under forty k's left to race um, yeah. where we're where we're at, and um, and everyone now is starting to position in earnest and and um, you know start to to actually put their end games into into motion i should add that during this time um uh christine mahiris for um bowls has been riding on the front of the peloton um and doing just a great job there just keeping the pace high keeping it hard and actually you know a, a big credit to her because the reason that there weren't many attacks that stuck in that first lap and a bit really was was because of the work she was doing. She was keeping the race so tough at the front of the the peloton that that people weren't able to get away. She um, is one of the best domestiques out there, isn't she? I mm. think of Mayeris and I think of Roxana Knetemann, and you know, I think I think of like these super these these completely super domestiques who are just who just give give so much to their teammates over yeah. and over and over and over. Just yeah. Bowles is really lucky to have her, and it was nice to see her on the podium. She came third in the Energy Water um, overall in GC, and it's so it's nice to see her get her get her podium chances too. It's yeah, it's just yeah, you know absolutely. it's. Because they, you know, Guarnier is another one. Um, Megan Guarnier, Winnie Strade mm. Bianchi, like like last year, it was just continually Magyarus and Guarnier killing it, chasing down things, annoying things, being you know marshalling chasers. Absolutely. While Lizzie and Ellen were out, Lizzie yeah. Lizzie Armitage and Ellen Van Dyke were out the front. Exactly, and you know, and and we joked, you know, just minutes ago about how this type of race is just is brutally painful just to ride. So imagine then that that you're the rider charged with with sitting on the front for your team and making the race so hard that other people didn't even feel like attacking and and doing that for, you know, close to a hundred of 125 odd kilometers. Uh, It's a huge effort. And they don't, and it's, it's one of those things about cycling that makes it so special about that, that teamless, like you, Mm. this, you know, you get riders who really, really know that their team, that the winner is a team, the winner is a team win. You know, yeah. and like you're not going to. I mean, she's just she's just fantastic. So you got Marius. Um, so and the thing is, is about who's riding where because we haven't got Mariana Voss won this five times. So we've got Pauline Frampavo who won last year. Yep. And we've got Evelyn Stevens who beat Voss in 2012. So we've got some we've got some real caliber win. You know, some real caliber winners there. Yeah. We've yeah. also got a lot of climbers, and this is this is one of those races that people want to go hard for. Because it's it's just it's it's another yeah. one of those races that you can say flesh well on and people know what you mean. Always. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, riders like you mentioned before, Megan Guarnier, who won Strata Bianchi, you know, is clearly in form, is gonna be chasing a race like this because yeah, it's a World Cup, it's flesh, it's you know, and, and so there's a lot of a lot of strings to, to different bows here and a lot of teams invested in making something happen. And um, as as you mentioned before, Roxanne Kanazman uh, great domestique and and speaking of that at around the 15k to go mark she made a bit of a dig along with Annemiek van Vleuten, um to try and get an advent, an advantage on the Cote de Chirave, 
uh, which is mm. the the climb leading into the moor. So you know, coming into the end of the race. Oh no 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 no! They went on a third one to go. They oh went, sorry, yes. Three to go, yeah. yeah because yeah. I was reading on Ella Cycling Tips, Cycling Tips Ella's race report. They had a really good thing that they do, where they combine photographs with quotes. Mm. So they they have the photo gallery with quote with quotes. And I love that. I really love that approach. But um, yeah, and so third slice climb and Van Blurten saying that you know she was out there with Knatham and Knatham was doing no work at all. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, I can respect that because she's got three riders behind who could win. Yeah, and like yeah, and and that's like and I love that. I mean, obviously Van Blurten used to be in that team. She's been in Rabobank last year, yep. so she knows Knatham inside out, and she also knows Rabo tactics inside out. And Knatham is not a climbing is not a climbing star you know no. she's 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 a she's a kill she's she's a kill yourself attack queen yeah. clever canny rider but she's yeah. not going to beat you up the murder hui if you're if you're anamique so exactly. yeah but she's she's there as essentially an anchor a psychological anchor because her being there says if you want this anamique you're going to have to work on your own and yeah. suffer the whole way through it even if you do beat me you know, you're just you're getting no help whatsoever. While behind her, it presents that that classic thing for the other teams: do we chase and drag the rest of Rabo through, or yeah. do we do we sit back and and see what happens? Yeah, and and, and Rabo, Rabo's got Anna, Anna van der Bregen, who's a really amazing climber, Kashin Uadoma, who's a really amazing climber, and Pauline Prampravo, who's a really amazing climber, who won last year. So you know, that's quite. That's yeah, quite yeah. So it's a tough choice, and. You know, in the end, the way it, it sort of played out was that none of the other teams were were keen to bring all of those to the bottom of the climb. Um, yeah, it's very, very a... confusing. But, but what I, the other thing I want to say is that from the Ella Cycling Tips, Anamik says in her race report that you know she's she knows that murder that, that flesh is not the race for her. It's not the race that she's likely to win. It doesn't play to her strengths. So she's saying when she attacked at three, you know, three climbs to, on, on the three climb to go points. She did it because she's thinking, well, this is how I can win is to get away. Mm. You know, I can get away early. I can get away from it and I can attack and I can. And I so admire that. It's like, I'm not very good. I'm not, and, she, and of course she had behind her Ashley Mormon, who's been on the podium in 2012. You know, Ash, when she came, I want to say second, um, that was the first rider from Africa and South Africa to ever get on the World Cup podium. You know, so yeah, yeah. again, again, it's an amazingly good hand for Bigler because if people chase Anamik, they're helping Ashley. So, yeah, yeah so that's that's exciting. Exactly. It's... And and that was actually, you know, that was the, the best move of the, the day. Like they actually got out to a minute 10. Um, mm. And then um, at the 10k to go, Mark were still holding it about a minute, but it was starting to drop quickly. Um, as because Wiggle and Bowles were the ones who took charge and and started driving the chase. Um, yeah. But as they got close to that that um, you know penultimate climb, Rabo then took over. Um, yeah, because and the penultimate climb to cut the Shalav. Yeah, yeah, and that's where that's where Rabo went. <laughs> you, 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 you brought knives to a gunfight. Meatless into Branch. He's going to tow our team. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, Lucinda! She's another one who's she's another one. I'm still overexcited about her win in Energy Water, mm. where she basically her finish line was the final corner because she is so fast through corners. I love Lucinda Brand's riding so much. So yeah, so they go and who did Lucinda bring? Who well, who, who who then attacked and joined our front too? Yeah, so Lucinda was was dragging Pauline and Anna Vanderbregen particularly um, through and and dropped the gap 
very very quickly, and um, as they as they went through, um, Van der Breggen basically crossed over and and caught on. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and then you know in that that oh so reticent way of um, of racing, just kept going. Well, I think I think she said she said that basically when she caught them, Knaterman just went bang on the front and to, to kind of to kind of give to, to kind of tow them to, to kind of get them closer because yep. Knaterman hadn't been working with um, Anamik yeah. when they were out together. But once her teammates there, right? I, yeah. mean, I have <laughs> now I have motivation. My line, yeah, my my finish line is the bottom of the murder. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. Here's here's all the here's all the pain I have left to cause. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can. Yeah. I, I don't. It doesn't matter. I'll just. I'll just. If, if, if the worst comes to worst, I'll just get up and push up that up that mountain, up that hill. But yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, but you know, to her credit, that put Anamik in in a really tough spot. You know, it's a it's a two on one, and she's being absolutely played by the numbers here. Um, but she didn't give up for a second and and attacked her way through. Um, you know, into into um, the moor, and you know. Um, like I, I just love that kind of response. There was no second of hesitation or or of um um you know a sense of yeah yeah exactly like a sense of oh fuck what was me it was just oh right okay in that case bang. <laughs> right yeah, yeah I love cycling <laughs> <laughs> I love cycling so much yeah yeah. <laughs> So, so, but however, great as Anna, great as Anamik was, she was slightly outclassed on the climbing front. <laughs> yes, yes, ever so slightly. Look, to be fair to her, I mean, you know, on the on the on the murder hui, um, you know, they they're topping out at a, a um, gradient of nineteen percent on on one section. It has that murderous, twice. yeah, that murderous left hand turn that's about four hundred, five hundred meters from the finish. Um, and, and it is just pain getting up there. And it's, um, um, I walked, I walked up it, I walked down it and then I walked up a little bit of it. And you know, when you're standing and your feet are at an abnormal angle to hold you straight up, to hold you straight yeah, up. Like you, it you know, feels like, like you're standing on stairs, but you're not. Am I, am I ankles? Going, well, it's like when yeah. you're kind of, you're, you're there, you're, are my ankles going to break if I take this next step? You know, uh, yeah, am I basically yeah. standing in ballet, ball, ballerina position? Yes, where you have to point your toes downhill because your ankles yeah. can't go that far sideways. And then, and then you turn, and then you turn around. And go, I think he'll walk back up now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also very, very narrow. That's the other thing about it. Is one of the reasons why it's such a hard climb is you've got to. Be, it's not like one of these ones where you know, say you put a load of climbers at the bottom and they can all like overtake each other and stuff like that because it's so narrow. If you're not, you've got to be. On, on it because and fighting and battling for position yeah. if you're if you're going into it in a bunch it's really really difficult because you know if someone as we've said this before but if someone ahead of you isn't isn't as good a climber as you you're doomed because you can't get past them but if you're Anna van der Breggen you don't need to worry about that because what you do is attack yep and then you just <laughs> stompity stomp stomp your way up the the murder wing and um and throw your hands Insane. in the air like you just don't care yeah oh so exciting so happy for anna she's been on the podium of world cups you know three or four times now and mm. and she's actually finally won one and i'm so pleased for her um you know it's what a way to her spring classic season she started out winning omelette noiseblad she finishes the spring classics more or less winning flesh well on how cool is that that is 
exceptionally cool, particularly when you're only 25 years old. So yeah. you know, that that is excellent. So yeah, and Van Vluten obviously uh, held on to take second. And Four um, seconds later. Yep, yep, and Megan Guanier from Bowles uh, took third. So yeah, yeah, doing a, a great job. Yeah, and that was from the chase. You know, that's chasing, 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 and then getting yep. third. Um, Ashley Norman was fourth. That's Anamik's mm. teammate, uh, 32 seconds behind. Cash in the Odomo um, from Rabo, fifth. Evie Stevens, sixth. Roxana Kalaitam in seventh. Congratulations, yeah. Roxana. Yeah. That's basically what, that's how a non-climber gets into the top ten of play. Yes, um, exactly. Pauline Frampravo, eighth. Alina Amilusic from uh, Velocio Stram, ninth. And Emma Johansson of, of Orica Green Edge, Orica AIS, who's only just come back from breaking her collarbone, yeah. was tenth. Which, you know, honestly, I mean, because it has literally only been four and a half, maybe five weeks since she broke her collarbone. Crazy, crazy woman. So the top 10, I mean, that's nuts. That's awesome. Now, so then when you look at the top 10, there's some things about this because so so you've got one, two, three, four Rabos in the top 10. Yeah. Which is interesting. Four Rabos, um, two Biglers, uh, uh, just, just one Bowls. Just one Velocio, one Green Edge. Now I'm I'm really interested in that, but I'm also especially interested in Rabo because I, I, I put on Twitter they've won Flesh for the last three years with three different riders because it was Voss, then Fran Prevost, then Van der Breggen, and then someone probably Peter Van der Veen, Peter Van der Veen said, "Yeah, you know what? They've won the last seven out of nine rounds if you include them as DSB and uh, you know and and, and Nederland blew it." And so, so actually, it's like rather than being maybe we should be impressed with Rabo, but maybe we should also be impressed with Evie Stevens and Emma Pooley, who were like, you know, the, the two, <laughs> <laughs> the only two non-Rabo Netherland Blewett people who won in the last night. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, um, you know, it, it does show why both those riders are riders that we, you know, continue to talk about, and you know, even though, <laughs> even though Emma Pooley's retired, um, mm. yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and it's. And it's also interesting because I think the message it sends to the team as well. I mean, obviously Voss has won it five times, but then it's also saying, look, you can, we'll give you a chance. So for Cash and Neodoma, who's still very young, like it's, it's, there's, there's things to mm. work for because maybe next year it'll be them working for her. Well, absolutely. You know? and, and remember, you know, last year how we were talking right up until this time about how one of their big goals for the start of the year was to win without Mariana. And they, they hadn't been able to really do that. Um, until deep into the season, boy, has yeah. that not been a problem this year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so exciting. It's mm. really good. So there's tons of photos. Um, the video, you know, it because like Flanders, we don't get. It's not the race that we're ever going to get a massive amount of video. But there will be a 26 minute program coming out from the use on the UCI website soon, and it just is what it is. I mean, I think it will get better. Um, well, I think we'll get back to a couple of years ago where they did cut full time to cut for cut full time to the ends. But you know, it just is what it is. But yeah, but flesh. I'm quite sad at the end of the. Cl- I mean, it's not really the end of the classic season, but it sort of is. It is and it, it isn't because yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, but we are going on to. I mean, it's it's been a really mad flesh being on a Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, whatever Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. So long ago. Um, <laughs> <laughs> means that we've had tons more racing. Oh, before we talk about that racing, there is one thing I wanted to mention, which is about Pauline Fran Prevot, because she puts up a very interesting tweet after the race, which mm. was, um, I felt really strong, but my head didn't follow today. Too much pressure. Really hard to race with this jersey. Congrats, congrats to all my teammates. 
I'm really interested in that. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, particularly when you bear in mind um, comments. Uh, I think you were saying it was um, her DS who'd mentioned before that confidence is is her biggest lesson now. Um, you know, she's she's obviously got loads of experience um, in racing and winning as a junior, and obviously last year proved that she can do that at the elite level as well. But it's it's confidence that um, that Pauline really needs now. Yeah, I think yeah, her um, her her. Uh... Her DS, uh, Kuz Murenhart, when she won last year, said, um, said, well, it's, you know, she, she, she's her work, you know, she's kind of her, she, she lets her head get, I think she lets her head get in the way. She doesn't, mm. you know, and I, and I think this is maybe what's happening in the world's jersey. I mean, I think, it, of course, once, once Voss is back, if there's anyone who can tell you about how to deal with that kind of pressure, it's Voss, isn't it? Mm, because, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no one has pressure like Mariana Voss. Like, oh, look, you've come second. You're a failure. <laughs> Uh-oh. No, she's brilliant. Leave Voss alone. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but you know, it's one of those things too. I think the other aspect of it is, and I, I you know, I don't want to harp on about it too much because you know she does have a lot of experience. But Pauline is also still very young, you know, very young, and she's got plenty of time to learn this stuff. And uh, I think more than anything else, for me, that that comment really stood out as a reminder that she's she's still learning. She's still figuring a lot of this stuff out. And figuring out, you know, I, I, I read that to be, at least in part, a comment on the fact that the things that she learned how to do last year aren't necessarily working the same this year because she's got this big rainbow target on her back and it's harder to get away with some of that stuff, um, yeah. you know, in terms of, I don't know, positioning or when to attack or whatever. Like, it's easy to single her out and everyone knows where she is and what she's up to. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Voss, did you read the thing on Ella Cycling Tips about Voss's the interview with her about returning to racing? Uh, no, I haven't read the interview. No, I knew I knew they'd done a piece, but I hadn't got to that one yet. So, yeah, yeah, new... it's it, it's it's interesting because they're talking about the fact so um, Voss has been had problems with a hamstring, mm. and it's and it's and it's quite interesting because it's talking about how when you're not um, riding, when you're not when it's not a bone break, you it's harder to it's 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 harder to you know it's harder to judge you don't know when you're going to yeah, come back yeah well and actually that reminds me of um conversations that that we've had with um amber pierce before about that sort of thing one of the hardest things about injury as an athlete is not just knowing when to come back but knowing how hard to push it and um yeah. ina talked about that too previously um particularly after her her concussion um and and not knowing you know like thinking that you're you're good enough and you're you're healthy enough and and recovered enough to to come back, but not necessarily that being yeah the case. yeah. I, this is why I love Voss though, because her first race was Ronde van Gelderland, and she says um, it was heartwarming to see how I was received after a, a, such a long absence, and it was good to be with the team again. Secretly, I was hoping for a small victory, but I knew I was lacking enough rhythm. I was able to move up in the bunch sprints, but I'm missing a second acceleration, mm. which is you know. But the other thing that she's saying, she's talked about being frustrated about being sidelined, about not seeing it. But she's also saying that she's the injury is a result from years of overtaxing her body. And yeah. she said, um, I recognize that the injury didn't happen by chance. It was obvious overuse in training and racing. I mean, I had to take a step back or it would only get worse. Throughout my career, I've always wanted and been able to combine a lot of things. I've been able to handle a lot and tax my body in training, racing, and beyond. It's allowed me to combine these different disciplines and continue to push my limits. By doing that, however, you forget to listen to your body because until now, I was able to get away with it. In these past months, I've had to relearn, in a way, to listen to my body. 
Yeah. It's kind of depressing, though, when a pro athlete tells you that, you know, at an age that is well over 10 years younger than you, they're getting too old. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it is and it isn't, isn't it? It's like, it's like I think yeah. it's also that thing about being very human because, of course, in the past – Lots and lots of cyclists yeah. manage this by with drugs. Oh, and look, look. To, to be completely fair to to Marianica as well, um, I, I've taken a different approach. I'm definitely not taxing my body in the same way that she is. You know, with the possible exception of my liver. But you know, oh, Daniel. So, so you know, we've we've both we've both addressed the same problem in different ways. That's oh my god, yeah, you just don't try. <laughs> it's the Homer Simpson method: can't win, don't try. Oh my god, Daniel, that's so depressing. <laughs> I feel like I should make you go and like do a ten mile ten mile ride tomorrow. Just ten mile? That's not enough, is it? A fifty mile? No, a hundred mile ride. Um, <laughs> just to kind of, just to kind of, to to to, to kind of take that back. No. Um... Because well no you're more than welcome to but you'll have to match my um my offer from my current employer to make it worth my while so what's your offer from your current employer Way oh yeah but price range is what it is so you've got evenings ah <laughs> it's winter it's dark at like five well I I suppose I suppose there are cyclones <laughs> yeah random hailstones that can kill you and you know. Hailstones can't kill you. God damn it! It's like you think you you think Europeans have have never had hail before. Are you fucking kidding? Have you seen hail the size of a cricket ball? Yes, they can kill you. Yes, yes, we have that here too. They can kill you. Yes, they can. We have that here too. Hailstones can kill, man. Hailstones can kill. Yeah, lucky it's just you know mutter mutter. It has more of a chance when you're not always in the pub. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever. I was oh. safe at the pub. It had a roof for you know most of the time I was there. Did it collapse on you? Did no, it collapse on you? That was the other side of the bar. It was pretty good. I looked up and then just went back to my book and my drink. <gasps> you didn't even like dive into rescue pretty ladies and pretty women and you know. I wasn't at the pretty lady pub. I was at the other pub. Oh, uh, was it? Oh, was it the alcoholic pub? The alcoholic men pub? Um, no, no, it wasn't that one. It was the it was the in between you know family slash friendly pub. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, so coming back from injury, so Voss is back, Voss is back, Voss is back. She's still doing some mountain biking. Um, Voss is back. And more riders coming back from injury. Uh, we obviously have um, Shelley Old back from her broken, oh, I want to say ankle, but it could be shoulder. It could be anything. Shelley breaks a lot of things. Um, poor thing. I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that as a genuinely poor thing. But um, Shelley Old's first race back was Omloop Van Borsolet. Wow. Omelie van, van Borselay, which we, you all, I hope, have read Chloe Hosking's blog about Borselay last year. Um, it was, you know, talking about what a, what a special race it is, but it's basically vicious race. It's, it's loops, it's got cobbles, it's got massive amounts of wind because it's down in Zeeland province. And it's also got like some, a totally fucking lethal corner on the lap that means that you could, that, that, that basically can take out riders and smash your career. So a couple of years ago, um, Kirsten Veal broke her shoulder in Borsalay. Um but yeah so we like Borsalay. why do we like Borsalay? well uh, apart from it being a race uh, it has a juniors race as well Daniel yeah but you know hey races are awesome in their own right like okay anyway that's that's a specific reason this time I'm okay I'm with you 
yeah, no, Borsolet has a junior race, which is awesome. It also has an ITT. Um, the ITT isn't a UCI level one, but it is part of the um, uh, the 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 top competition, oh fuck it, top competition <laughs> of, of Dutch cycling fed. So it's used, and it's also kind of very important for, you know, putting down your marker of, in the Dutch team of getting into race in the, um, in the, in the world. Because as we all know, racing in the world is hard if you're Dutch because everyone else is in, impossibly good. Yes. Yes, indeed. And so, like, you know, so why, you know, dear Dutch people, change your nationality to English. It's a win-win situation. You get to ride worlds. We get to have good riders. Um, not that we don't have good riders already, but, you know, I would quite like some Dutch caliber riders. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, so, um, we'll add it to your wish list. Yes. Dear, 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 dear Dutch, dear Mariana, would you like to become English? Loving kisses, Sarah. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that way. I, I thought maybe you'd, you know train some or something like yeah yeah you'd think but i think my approach is probably more likely to happen but yeah so they have a junior right they have an itt so it's the same course for juniors and, and and the seniors which is lovely and in the juniors which was stage one of their three stage stages it's won by pernil Matthiasen. the no surprises there pernil is the is is danish she's the um she just won the energy water overall and she's um also was the silver medalist in the junior itt worlds last year a very strong rider lots of fun and yeah and good happy good that's good and then we then had a and then in the seniors it was ellen van dyke beats lisa brunauer and anna van der bregen awesome yes ellen has won this every single time it's been raced Every single time. Okay, that's that's a hell of a record so far. So what? Five times. Yeah. So what you're saying is basically there's a whole list of um of people who are just waiting for Ellen to retire, or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's um yeah it's it's uh all good. It's all good and. Yeah, I'm happy. It was nice. It's a nice. It's a nice, 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 nice race. Cool. So yeah, so yeah, so we had the ITT, which is stage one for juniors, stage two, and a standalone for the for the elites. Then we had stage one for the juniors, which is on the same course. Hurrah, hurrah! And that's that. That was won by Ariane Prisha. I'm sorry, Dutch people, for mangling that name, Prisha, um, who also won the first stage of the Junior Energy Walk Tour um, with Fleur Nagengast uh, second and Susanna Anderson um, of third. And yes, that's that's looking good. That's looking fantastic. And yeah, and then the third stage was today, and Susanna Anderson won that one. Um, so ended up with Pernilla Matteson winning the entire race, um, or junior race overall, which is really, really exciting. Because hello to the future of the of the future of um, women's cycling being Scandinavian. Wow. Well, hey, I'm I'm in favour of Scandinavian things in general, so that's that's cool with me. I um, yeah, I welcome our future Scandinavian overlords. Yes, Susanna Anderson is Norwegian, I think. Let me just check. But yes, Panila is definitely Danish. So yeah, so we're um, yeah, it's 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 exciting, and and it's great. It's good. So hurrah for the juniors in the elites. Um, 
so it always happens massive amounts of wind massive amounts of splits attacks splits attacks catches splits attacks catches and as always it's funny because when things come down to a bunch sprint you're like oh yeah whatever it comes down to a bunch sprint well i am but it's like <laughs> well no because you have to work so super hard to get to that bunch sprint but the bunch sprint was won by kirsten veal who made it look easy and this is her fifth time winning borsole okay well yeah you're not gonna argue with that are you no, no, so, no, no, no. Pretty, pretty dominant though, then, isn't it? From, um, from Ellen and and Kirsten. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's true. I mean, I mean, Borsalay seems to either damage Kirsten or allow her to win. But you know, it's like one or the other. You're either mm, going to come mm. out of it on the top of the podium or in the hospital. But yeah, so yeah, interesting, interesting. And because it's Borsalay, we've got photos and little videos, little finish line videos, so you can see it. And of course, you can go to our blog, prowomenscycling.com, where you can see the links to photos and the links to videos and all that, all that stuff. Sure, absolutely. And also, you know, this week, just because of our, our, in honor of our first real argument of the episode, um, I'll be throwing in a link to a list of deadly hailstorms around the world as well. Hailstones kill, Sarah. Hailstones kill. Yeah, but it's not enough, not, enough, not enough to actually make you not go to the pub, is what I'm saying. Like, it's enough to make you not go out for a cycle ride, but it wouldn't stop you going for a cycle ride if, you ha- if that was the only way to get to the pub, would it now, my dear? Look, riding to the pub's different. Like that's that's it's a very different thing. Okay, so maybe you should go for a ride to the pub one one and not the pub across the road um, one evening this week. That's your challenge. What? No, you don't control yeah. my life, and there's no no sane person rides past a bunch of other pubs to no. This is this is insane. I'll do it when you do it. Yeah, how about okay. that? Yeah. Okay, tell you what, you ride home from work and ride home from work to the pub. What? Right to work. Right ride home, home from work. You, you make no sense. No sense. I, and also, when did this dynamic come where you think you control my life? You're not my mum. When, when, when didn't this dynamic come where I think I could control your life? That's true. You've always, you've always been subject to weird delusions. Um, yeah. I wish you'd let me control your life. God damn it, it would be so much better. Your life would be no, so much fun if I could control it, it for a week. No, see, your, Just life, week, Daniel. your life would Just be so week. much fun if you could control my life for a week. My life Just would be weekends. a waking nightmare. Just An absolute horror show. It would Just be the weekend. worst. The worst. It would be the best. There is, literally, there is literally not enough beer in the world to get me to agree to something so horrendously awful. You'd love Just, it. It would no, be great. I would not. I I'd would even not. let you keep your beard. I would not love any of it. I would not love a moment, a second. Nuh-uh. I would literally rather drown in a pool of my own vomit than let that happen. <gasps> You're so mean to me. I, I don't see how telling the truth is me. I just I, I care about you that much that I feel like you just deserve the truth. So anyway, mm. anyway, you did you did you did ask me what I want for, for my birthday. And what I want for my birthday is you to let me control your life for a weekend. That is not what you said, and I don't think you want me telling everyone what you did ask for for your birthday. So two times. That's not what you asked for either. <laughs> I can promise you, because because it's been it's been brought to my attention that people think that perhaps Dan and I might um, have. <laughs> I don't even know how to say it, but it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it happens less now, but one of the things that happened. Uh, this is such a diversion. One of the things that happened when we first started this um, podcast was people people thought we were a couple. Um, yes, we're not. Um, nor. <laughs> 
nor are we ever likely to be. Um, <laughs> apart from the bickering and my obstinacy and Sarah's desperate need to control everything about other people's lives. Um, <laughs> we've never actually met each other. We live on opposite sides of the world, so... Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if, if you if if you do think that we would ever do things like sext each other or something like that, just think <laughs> that like, oh, oh my god, no! Like brother and sister. So yeah. Oh god, no! Oh my god! Ooh. All right. Look to, to drag us back on track. How about we talk briefly about um, about US racing? Because the the US has got some races going on at the moment, and the first of those has been the Joe Martin stage race. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. Which is a great race. It's been a great race for years, but this year is UCI level. Yes. Joe Martin Stage Race sponsored by Nature Valley. And yeah, and hurrah for, hurrah for American racers. Yes. Um, now, this is, as the name indicates, a stage race. So it's actually still ongoing. The last stage will be raced uh, today, US time. So it's, it's, it's yes. in a few hours. Um, so the, we've had three stages. Sorry? The last the last stage is only a crit. Well, it's an 85k it crit, though, so, you know, it's... 34 kilometres. What? 34 kilometre crit. Third. It says on Cycling Fever. Maybe Cycling Fever's wrong. Oh, Let's well, go to the race. I don't know. The thing I'm looking at says it's 85. But then again, that could just be... That could be that it's That could be the men's race rather than the... Yeah. Anyway, whatever it is, it's we, on. We're not really sure. We we, we are yeah. we are we've got to admit we do find it quite complicated. I think we have cultural problems. Well, just the way race. just the way the information comes out on this race, it, it gets a little bit confusing. But anyway, here's what we do know so far. There's been three stages. The first was, uh, um, and it's ITT? it's a two point two race. The first was a ITT or probably more accurately a prologue. It was only a four point three five k. Time trial. It was taken out by Lauren Stevens for Tipco SVB. Um, mm-hmm. Amber Nebin came in second um, at eight seconds behind, and Linda Willemson, who's riding for United Healthcare, um, came in third um, with uh, a few others uh, behind them. But Tipco and, and UHC are definitely the the teams that are really going for it. The um, other standout has been Leah Kirkman from Optum, presented by Kelly Benefit Strategies. And speaking of her, she won stage two, which ended in a sprint finish. So she won. Uh, Corinne Rivera came second. Mandy Heinz from UHC came in third. Um, everyone finished on the same time, which means that in stage three, Corinne Rivera also won. Um, second was Alexis Ryan, also from United Healthcare, and third was Leah Kirkman from Optum. Uh, and the overall GC, as it stands at the moment, is Lauren Stevens in first, Amber Nebin in second, and Linda Willemson in third, because none of the placings in the GC have changed since the prologue. So, oh, I've realised I've realised what the problem is with a crit. By the way, Daniel, a crit's done on time, isn't it? It's like an hour-long race or forty-five minutes, I think, for the women. Yeah. So we don't know how long it is, but it is going to be crashy. I can tell looking from the um, looking at the at the at the. Um, the, the course it's going to be crashy because oh my goodness how many corners one two three four five six seven eight eight corners yes i think they'll i think it's um yeah so i hope everyone stays upright stay upright riders we like you all in one piece yeah and um i mean you know in in, in defense of the race itself they are american roads so they're probably wider and have yes, less have, have less random road obstacles in them than for example dutch roads that's true. Uh, yeah. And so they finished Joe Martin today, and then they have three days off. 
um, oh, two days off. Uh, and then they start the Tour of Aquila um, on the 29th in the American side, mm. American side. And that's a five-stage race. It's a different kind of thing. It's still got a crit, I think it's still got a crit stage in it, but it, and an ITT in it. But it's basically climby, 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 climby. Indeed, um, and it's it's very popular. It's it's a it's a rider favorite. It's uh, yeah, that's a that's a race that people really love. So I'm excited to see how that turns out. And it's in Silver City. It's in the middle of the desert. Yeah, it's in the middle of the Wild West, basically. It's awesome. And they've got they've got videos. They always have videos. They always have really good social media. And yeah, it's um, it's it's a uh, yeah. it's 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 happy. Indeed. Happy race. Happy race. Good. Happy race. Good social media. Follow it. Follow it. And um, the other thing that happened in America, speaking about American crits, is they had the national crit championships, and that was incredibly crashy. And congratulations to Kendall um, Kendall Ryan, who stayed upright and didn't crash and won. Well, that seems to be the the things that you want to have happen, um, possibly in that order. Um, yeah. Well, or, I think you or want to the win third first, thing. You? Yeah, I guess you want to win first, but I think the you can't win until you've achieved the first two. It's kind of like unlocking successive doors or something. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Now, if you like American Crits, you are lucky because they stream it live. They stream, they stream them live, and it's um, it's very good. Um, yes. Yeah, so and, 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 and honestly, that is that is a significant thing. I mean, uh, you may think you know crit racing, but America really actually does crit racing very, very well, and um, and you get great crit races from them. So, yeah, it yeah. is quite funny. I mean, the next one, Saturday, May the 30th, at Glencloak Grand Prix. Um, yeah, uh, you do have people yelling, preem, preem, preem. Like, if you've never, if you've never watched, uh, if you've always been interested in American commentary, it's like American psychic commentary dialed up to 100. <laughs> it's just, it's just insane. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 a good it's lovely lovely things and if you go to their website usacrits.com you can find all the details because yeah fun fun times fun times always yeah mm. so but oh, not just racing in europe and america and crits and stage races and road races and itts we've also had mountain bike we've had bmx 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 we had the first of the supercross which is the bmx world cups and that's in manchester and that was also shown live awesome and uh, And, actually i i genuinely am very much a fan of um this this new world we seem to have entered where races are being shown live um this is excellent BMX has always been fantastic at this, and yeah. they're also, and they. What I love about them is you can kind of watch the racing in lots of different ways because they will they'll they'll stream it live, then they'll put the whole event up live, and then they'll split it down into different races. So if you want to watch the women's semi-finals, you can just watch the women's semi-finals, and then you know they've they've got, and then the, then they kind of split it into different videos, and their videos always have like the last race, and the interviews the the winners interviews and i think you'll be happy my dear because although she wasn't particularly strong in in the in the opening rounds and the and the semis etc it was won by caroline buchanan which is fucking awesome and you know that just means she was saving her efforts for when she really needed them obviously Duh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. caro caro buchanan um everyone's favorite aussie battler um everyone's everyone's favorite just massive enthusiast and happy person um yeah really good um so caro buchanan won ahead uh, of elise post and stephanie hernandez and mariana pajon the olympic champion won the time trial as well because they have a bmx time trial as well as the actual racing and i love that too 
because the time trial, you're basically just blasting around the course as fast as possible. Yep. When you're actually racing, you're blasting around the course as fast as possible with eight other people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, basically. <laughs> uh, yes, it's great. Don't you love BMX? BMX is the best. I love BMX. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, and what else do we have? Oh, we talked a little bit about the mount of the first mountain bike World Cup yeah. of the year last week in Lourdes, but I just want to point out the fantastic photo there was on Pink Bike of Emmeline Rago, who won. Hurrah, Emmeline! She was thinking about retiring last year, but she decided not to because she didn't win Worlds, and she's like, actually, I'm going to give it another go. God damn it. And afterwards, uh, lovely, another Aussie battler, Tracy Hanna, had got a separate, had crashed and got a separated shoulder. So after Emmeline won, she basically was this photo of her taping up Tracy's shoulder because Emmeline finished her degree in physiotherapy last year. So she's a qualified physio. Which, you know, I, it, it is, it's just very nice, isn't it? It's, yeah. It just shows about how family it is because mm. it's it's just it's just so so nice, you know. Oh yeah, we finished the race. You're hurt. Oh well, look, I can help you with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think uh, that's so nice. It's such a it it's such a lovely thing. And yeah, and also kind of you know, it's got that kind of. If I wanted to talk about the spirit of women's, you know, women's mountain bike, that's got the teeniness. It's got the fact that you know, Rago's doing it. You know, got got other. They've all got other skills, and I just you know, I just love it. Yeah, that made me happy. And there's tons, 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 tons more video because, of course, there is because it's mountain bike. And I put a, a post of all the video and stuff and photos I found um, from the World Cup on our site, prowomenscycling.com. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> so what, what's, what's ahead? What, what have we got coming up next? I mean, we've talked Tour of the Healer, which is, you know, very, very soon uh, in the US. What have we got in Europe? Well, pretty much probably starting now is Dwarves Door, Dwarves, Dwarves Door de Westhook, um, uh -huh. which is the last, probably the last spring classic, because then we go to, oh no, we've got Ronde van Overijssel, Overijssel as well, but I kind of feel like, yeah, that we're now back on, those are now on to day races, we've kind of finished our spring classic season, because on the 30th we have Gracia Olova, which is the Czech race, that it's a 2.2 race, right? Yep. And it's also at the same time the festival Luxembourg de Cyclisme LCJ Jacobs, yeah. And LC Jacobs is like this amazing, fantastic race that most people want to ride. But one team invariably, one of the top teams invariably goes to Gracia all over and absolutely kicks butt and ends up like winning all the winning all the um winning all the stages and getting yep. like two out of three of their riders on the podium and you know just taking some turns to let riders win. So. <laughs> Who knows which team will be the Glacier Olovar team this year? Uh, Ronde van Overijssel is the same time as Elsie Jacobs as well. Cool. And yeah, and yeah, and we've also got a UCI level race in South Africa, the Hibiscus Cycle Classic, which is really good to see a UCI level race down there because um, we haven't seen that for years. You know, haven't seen that for years, so that's really good. Um, and then on the eighth of May, we have the next uh, round of the World Cup, which is, oh no, we don't. That's a lie. Then on the eighth of May, we have the Tour of California. I'm not really sure how that's a UCI level tour because I think it's just three crits. But anyway. Well, yeah. And at the same time, the Rabobank Mariana Voss Classic, you know it's a good, you know, <laughs> it's a race. It's this Alberg, they named it after Mariana. I think she might want to win it. <laughs> and then on the 13th of May, the peloton that goes to China goes to China for the Tour of Chongming Island stage race and then the Tour of Chongming Island World Cup. I hope this year the Australians have got their passports sorted out so they can actually race the Tour as well as the World Cup. 
Who knows? Who knows? I mean, the it's the the visa is difficult because you've got to go back to your home country to get it to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, we'll see. Yeah. Um, what else has been going on? Now, I am interested in this. Have you seen the kerfuffle about the um, about the European Championships of Big America? Um, look, to be honest, I, I've seen a bit, but I haven't I haven't um, studied it in detail. So please, please enlighten me. So the Pan American, the Pan American Championships, which um, is, as we all know, the um, the European Championships of Big America, uh, is taking place, and it was a quite an interesting thing because there was an announcement that coming out of retirement again to to race was Kristen Armstrong, mm, mm. which was particularly interesting because Kristen Armstrong hasn't actually raced, I think, since she won the Olympic ITT in yeah, 2000. Yeah, it's, it's been something like four million years since she raced, and it's just kind of weird that she'd be coming out of retirement here five million years later to... Well, it was weird that she got picked for the national team. And almost immediately, and without and, and without being challenged, you know, without being without there being a challenge from riders who weren't kicked off, because the rider who suffered from this was Taylor Wiles, um, the Velocio SRAM rider. Yeah. And, and Wiles has said in interviews, no, I didn't challenge it. It's like the first because they they decided USA Cycling basically checked their um, that checked checked out their own. Um, uh, you know, uh, their, their, their own their own their own rules and basically overruled themselves. Right. And so Armstrong is now not racing there. The, the team member there is is Taylor Wiles. Okay. So yeah. Okay. I I, <laughs> I don't know. Part of me part of me would love to know the internal story because there's probably some fascinating some fascinating office politics between the director of marketing and the person actually in charge or something like that where they're like, but God damn it, it's a great comeback story. And the other person's going, yeah, it's not in the fucking rules, mate. Yeah, exactly. Well, in America, um, what do they say? Pal or buddy or something like that instead of mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Imagine a world where no one calls you mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Beer's my mate. Yeah, so. That's so sad. (laughs) Stop pitying me. So, so sad. You know there is a solution, don't you? Drink more? No. Then I don't know what you're talking about, no. Let me run your life. You said solution. Anyway. Um, so that was interesting. That was interest I thought that was interesting news to be honest. Oh, and I also saw a tweet from you that kind of had me mildly enraged. Ah. Yeah, I to be honest, I was all, I was basically not even gonna mention it because like uh Anyway, so um, Lee Rogers, who is an independent mountain bike um, semi-pro pro rider, um, was at an event uh, during the week and posted a tweet um, in relation to, uh, I think, as well. He's a journalist as well. Yeah, he's a journalist as well. Um, I, I think, as most of us are aware, disc brakes are going to be trialled in men's road racing um, and with a, with a goal to allow them to be introduced next year. Um, and so he was at some sort of event where a UCI official was asked when the women pros will have disc brakes and the official paused and then said, they're women, they don't need disc brakes. Um, yes, which I may, I may have retweeted 
which is hilarious. Calling the UCI, you know, openly sexist and having organisational problems. I, I I think it's hilarious because having watched mountain bike, having watched cyclocross all winter and having the commentary slightly fixated on who's riding disc brakes and who isn't to the point of, I think she might have crashed because she's not on disc, disc brakes. <laughs> yeah, well, not to mention, which, as I pointed out, I got into a long conversation um, with with uh, someone on, on Twitter about it. And, um, and one of the things that I pointed out was that... Um, you know, you look at writers like um, our, our friend Helen Wyman, who loves disc brakes, has been writing them for a, a whole season, says they make a huge difference. You know, like, like I just don't understand a universe in which someone thinks that a writer's gender has any implication whatsoever on whether or not they need a piece of technical equipment. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's super weird. It's like, it's... I, I, Honestly, it's like saying, oh, they're women, they don't need to shower after a race. No, no, you know, yes, what? yes, I, I, I think the only thing I can think the implication is is that they don't go as fast as men. But then you'd get into this thing of going, well, hang on, in that case, climbers don't need disc brakes, right? Because yeah. climbers don't ride as fast as sprinters, yeah. so climbers yeah. don't need disc brakes. And then actually, actually, you know, well, maybe, well, well, let's let's look at let's look at you know, well, cyclocross riders don't ride as fast as sprinters, so let's take them back out of cyclocross. You know what I mean? It's well, like the, lo- but the it's logic. Also, is just... It's also a misunderstanding. One of the one of the great advantages of disc brakes is, you know, like like I think you're probably right. I think that's possibly what this official thought, but it shows a gross misunderstanding of the technology then, because one of the greatest benefits benefits of disc brakes is the greater detail of control that you have over your braking. You can brake much more gently and with much more finesse on the lever to adjust the rate at which you brake and how hard you brake and, and those sort of things. So it means not only can you um, brake later, you can brake harder or you can brake softer and power through a corner, for example, and things like that. Braking has much less to do with stopping in a straight line and much more to do with the application of force through corners and differing terrain. And that's why cyclocross riders love them. You know, and that's the other thing about disc brakes. They're a fuck ton safer in the wet. So yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna ride a bike at all in the wet and and that seems to happen all the time, then of course you're going to add disc brakes. So, mm. you know, uh, the most generous thing I can say is that this person was probably just on a really fucking dumb day where they just didn't know the answer and and panicked and made up an answer instead of saying, I don't know. Um, yeah. And it was a really dumb, shitty answer. But, you know, it, it even even if that's true, it highlights to me what I consider a systemic issue with the UCI, which is that they've not thought about it. Mm. You know, whoever's responsible for this introduction didn't immediately go, and what's our plan for introducing this to the women's peloton? You know, yeah. and, and that to me is the systemic problem. And that's what I was trying to point to with my retweet is that, you know, regardless of, of the reasons or, or thinking behind the person making that comment, the, the simple matter is that it should be automatic for the UCI to go, all right, this is our plan to introduce them for elite men. What's our plan for elite women? When will it make it for the juniors? What about paracycling? What about, you know... Well, the interesting thing is actually you think it should just be this is our plan to introduce them. Yeah, yeah. Full stop. You know, and that's like, and that has, and that has, I mean, I think this is the trouble with, with, with UCI is ultimately they still think that there's, there's parts of the UCI that still think that cycling equals men's world tour road cycling. 
Yeah. You know, but and, and so this is the other interesting thing about all this kerfuffle about oh, you know, should we could we should we introduce disc brakes into the into the men's into the men's world to a peloton? Is that like you're like well, what about you know? It's almost like you don't. It's, it's interesting. I just find it interesting the way that that you've got like disciplines like cyclocross and mountain bikes seem to kind of fall under the radar, even though, I mean, I can see why mountain bike wants to escape from the UCI, and. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's going to be we're going to have a really interesting world in the future because we've always already seen the enduro enduro mountain biking has yeah. just gone no fuck you we're not part of the UCI and their enduro world series is something is you know sits sits separately yeah you know yeah well and this is you know it wouldn't be easy to get off the ground and I'm not saying it's likely but that is the kind of thing that the UCI risks if they don't start to substantially address their their issues and yeah you know. Uh, yeah, it's 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 in my opinion, it's just very very problematic and a, and a real issue that that needs to be addressed and addressed urgently. Yeah, so, um, mm. the other interesting thing about about things like mountain biking and stuff like that is that is how much more international it is the yeah. road really. So I was just looking down the Enduro World Series, World Series uh, calendar, and they started off in New Zealand. Uh, then they go in May, they go to Ireland, and then they go to Tweedlove in the Tweed Valley in Scotland, hurrah. Then they're France, then they're USA, Canada, Spain, and Italy. And you're like, okay, that's pretty cool. That, that's, you know, for, yeah. for, for, for a small amount of rounds, that's really, really interesting. Yeah. Like, it's, it's yeah. And, yeah. And, and again, and it goes back to, to my other points, which is that this stuff is still you know, it's still achievable, it's still doable. Um, and, you know, that's that's part of what really pisses me off is that, you know, a lot of people go, oh, but it's so hard to change things. And it, Well, that may be the case, but choosing to change things isn't hard, you know, and, yeah. and making the decision that they're worth change. And, you know, that's no, really my, what I want to see. No, you know what my favourite response is? My favourite response is always when we start talking about these things and people go, start off with, uh, no one wants to watch women's cycling and you just prove it. And then they turn around and go, yeah, but Sarah, look at the, look at the, look at, look at world hunger. There's still world hunger. Why are you fighting <laughs> about this? You know, the Boko Haram women haven't been returned. You know, why are you worrying about this? You know, you can only worry about one thing at a time. It's like, yeah, you're, you're the same person who gets very aerated about, I don't know, Brad Wiggins and... <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if uh, look, to be fair, maybe there are some people in the world who can only worry about one thing at a time. In a way, I envy them because I can worry about a lot of things at the same time. And, um, and sometimes that feels like a bit of a burden. But, yeah, I certainly don't think it's an excuse to not act on any of them, though. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's end on a high note. I just want to point out that uh, Chloe Hosking tweeted today is her seven. Yesterday tweeted yesterday was her seven year European racing anniversary. Happy anniversary, her! Cool. Chloe's not broken up with European racing yet. Yay! We're glad European racing is happy about that. Yes. Yes. European racing loves Chloe too. I hope European <laughs> racing brought her a nice present. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. No, I think this season's proving to be a pretty nice present for Chloe, actually. Yeah. I think this season's been really interesting. I'm just, I'm yeah. just, I just keep looking at it and going, yeah, this is really, it is, it does feel like a happy season so far. You know, yeah. it's like, it, it's, it's just, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really excited too because we're on the front end of that uptick. You know, we'll talk about it more, I guess, later in the season and definitely next year. But we're on that uptick now that we're heading towards the 2016 Olympics. You know, so mm. things really start building, um, mm. and and yeah, it's going to be exciting. So 
Mm. Anyway, yeah. we've um, we've kind of been prattling on for a little while, so maybe we should just thank everyone and, and bid them farewell. Yes, please come back. Um, uh, yeah, you can find out more of the video, things like that, on prowomenscycling.com. You can see everything I collect as I go through my life through my women's cycling, which I believe is womenscycling.tumblr.com. You can talk to Daniel on Twitter at at Dan W official and me at underscore pigeons underscore and thank you very 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 much to all my Patreon supporters who fund me to do this kind of thing. I love you all. Indeed. And do look for that link if you're not already a supporter because Sarah could always use more support. Um, That's true. For Patreon. a start for a start, it'll probably keep her from trying to take over my life all the time. So yeah, yeah. patreon.com slash women's cycling. And I've also got to say that in a couple of weeks' time, I will have, the thanks to my Patreon supporters, given up work for the summer and just be doing cycling work, and we can get back to a proper recording schedule. Which will be, you know, exciting, I'm sure. You know, not at all involve us swearing and being, you know, outraged by things. And, and, and acting like siblings and bickering and mocking each other's lives. That won't happen at all. We promise. No, 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 never, 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 never. But yes, thank you for listening, dear listener. Um, we love you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.